You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake. Let's go along with your other host, James Rapine. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. I had a mint brownie Built Bar today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. James, this idea has been in the back of our minds for quite a while. You've wanted to do Free Agent Friday for a while. I keep saying, you know, we do our mailbags on Friday, James. We can't we can't displace the weekend mailbag. So instead, we're finding a place right in the middle of the week to go through an off-season simulator. And I think I'm in charge today, right, James? We're, we're taking turns. Next week, you'll get a turn. And maybe we'll, we'll collaborate one of these weeks too. But I'm going to make the calls this week. And you can, you can be the, well, you can be you. You can be James Rapine from Sports Illustrated and Locked On Bengals and critique me, the Bengals front office, as we go. Jake, the GM, I'm bringing heat today, man. You better get this right. You better get this right because if not, well, I, I might hurt your feelings. I might hurt your feelings. Oh, no, not my feelings. For the record, we are using FanSpeak's Ultimate GM feature. We're going through an entire simulated offseason today, and we're going to get started with, I think, the most obvious, the easiest part of the offseason, which is the first step in the fan speak simulator. And this is making money, clearing cap space. They've got the caps currently set to 185 million. We know that that is currently projected to be 180 million. I think they're also missing the dead money for Carlos Dunlap that the Bengals have on the books for 2021. But then looking at some of their cap calculations for some cut candidates, there are also some inconsistencies down here. So we're going to go through this and, and do the best we can. I will amend the things that I think are errors on the website with my own editorializing, and we'll just get through this. So, James, I'm going to start with some obvious cap cuts here. Geno Atkins, I'm going to cut. Uh, that frees up about $9.5 million against the cap. I think that number is more or less correct. Here on FanSpeak, I'm also going to cut BJ Finney. This number is wrong. This is about $2.5 to $2.8 million wrong. So this actually offsets the Carlos Dunlap dead money and will get us closer to what the actual cap number is. And I'm going to cut Bobby Hart. That saves us about $6 million, a little bit less than $6 million against the cap. So that gets me going into free agency, James up to about 58, 55-ish million dollars to spend. I'm definitely going to be interested in doing some extensions here and, and trying to bring back some of the Bengals free agents as we start to get to free agency. But I think that's a good amount of money to play with. The other thing that I would maybe consider if, if the math was even close to right here is Giovanni Bernard cutting Giovanni Bernard or trying to trade Giovanni Bernard. But their simulator a little bit wrong on this number right now. They've actually got that as a cap hit as opposed to cap savings that the Bengals would have if they were to cut Geo. So I'm not going to make that move for the purposes of this simulator, but I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. That's fair. All of those moves are realistic and or should be done, right? Uh, including the the Giovanni Bernard one. I think they should definitely try to move him for a pick this off season. And 
The, the, the other one, I, I don't think Hart's worth it, but but you never know. You never know if a team gets desperate. I would say probably not, but uh, it can't hurt to, to potentially feel a cause on any of these guys. Yeah, I mean, maybe out there somebody is willing to trade you a future seventh-round pick or something. I mean, Bobby mm-hmm. Hart has started for the Bengals for a couple of years. He hasn't been good, but if a team is trading for him, they might be trading for him for depth. I don't think you're going to get anyone very excited about that, James. And I don't think you're going to get anybody very excited about his contract that he carries. I think that instead teams are very likely to just wait for him to become available. And if they want to bring him in as a, as a depth tackle, try to sign him to a three, three and a half million dollar deal. That is the most realistic thing for sure. And so that's why ultimately cutting him makes sense. I do think geo to your point, I think geo certainly trade worthy and I could see him fitting in a couple of different places. So we'll see maybe if they even entertain that this off season, but I get why you would potentially consider parting ways with him as well. Yeah. Giovanni Bernard, if the Bengals do choose to move on from his contract in one way or another, this off season, that is $4.1 million of cap savings. That is not an insignificant number by any means. So Certainly some some additional savings that could be had. You could also move on from CJ Uzama. I, I just don't think the Bengals will do it. I might consider it. I, I do think that he does provide something that they don't have on the roster. I am worried about his recovery, but supposedly he's ahead of schedule. I don't have good information. You know, I don't have as clear of information as the organization does on how his recovery is going. So for now, we'll just keep them on the roster. We won't do anything too radical. Maybe in a future week, James, we'll do the taking it to the limit, you know, really pushing things edition of this where we're, you know, clearing as much cap space as possible, turning over as much of the roster as possible, really getting as creative as possible. But for now, I'm going to stay within the realm of reality a little bit here and and only make these three moves. That's totally fair. And I think that those are the the moves most likely to happen this offseason if they are going to move some of these guys and come off of some of these guys. And we saw it last year. For those that are thinking, oh, it's unprecedented. Hey, they they released Jerry, Jerry Kirkpatrick. They moved on from Andy Dalton. Maybe not at the right time. Maybe they should have traded Andy Dalton earlier, right? We could talk about that all day long. But they moved on from some franchise guys to free up space. And, and so we'll see if they do that again this offseason. And as I click submit there, we go on to the next step, James. Look at the teams represented in this list of just restructures. The Philadelphia Eagles restructured like 15 contracts in this <laughs> list just to try to deal with their cap nightmare. The Pittsburgh Steelers have a couple of restructures on the list. The The most important name on this list, I think, James, Cody Core. Cut <laughs> by the New York football giants. How about that? Poor Cody Core can't keep his job in New York. Well, hell, hey, Co- Cody Core's available. But why would you go after Jamar Chase in the draft if Cody's there? You can, you can get a guy that you're familiar with and has Deep NFL threat. experience, man. All right, we can't keep that charade up any further. A couple of other interesting <laughs> names do jump out at me here. Riley Reif, cut by the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, sir. So that's an interesting one. Going to keep Anthony an eye Barr. on that one. Zach Ertz out there, too. Eric Fish, oh, restructured. <laughs> Eric Fish, I was like, oh my God, Eric Fisher's available. <laughs> you got, you got to be careful. Some of these, some got, of these are restructures. Alex Smith, available. Oh boy. All right, we're on Talk the about- next step here, which is to re-sign a transition tag or franchise tag. We'll get into these decisions coming up next. 
All right, James, we're into the re-signing period of free agency. This isn't like a real thing. I know that the teams can have contact with their players between now and free agency. They can set some of this groundwork up, but there's no designated period of time where teams have an opportunity to re-sign their players. There is a deadline for things like the franchise tag, the transition tag. In this simulator, though, I get to try to re-sign some of my players before free agency opens representing that opportunity teams have to talk to their own players. So what I have done here, James, is two big moves. Sign Carl Lawson to a four-year deal, and I, I give the transition tag to William Jackson. Those are the two biggest moves I made. Transition tag, an idea from John Sheeran from yesterday that I'm stealing, gives the Bengals right of first refusal, is about a $15 million cap hit. I've also extended, not extended, re-signed Brandon Wilson. I got him back on a two-year deal. I think I've got one-year deals for Mike Daniels and Marcus Hunt to get some depth along that interior of the defensive line in case we don't address it anywhere else in the draft, etc. And Samaj P. Ryan, who I thought played really well for the Bengals down the stretch, I've got back on a one-year deal. He's also going to be a special teamer. So the notable guys, I think that I, I couldn't get it done with. Seathan Carter, tight end. Big special teams player for the Bengals. He did not like the low amount of money relative to, I, I guess, what he thinks his market is going to be that I offered him. And Quentin Spain, I, I tried a lot of different strategies to bring Quentin Spain back, but I think he just wants more money than I'm willing to give out at this point. So I, I couldn't quite get it done with Quentin Spain. We'll see what happens in free agency. Maybe we, we re-engage with talks with the Quentin Spain camp at that point. I would like Quentin Spain back. I will say that I would like Quentin Spain back. I think he does provide a certain something in the locker room. I think he does provide quality guard depth. But at the same time, I'm not willing to break the bank for him before I get into free agency and see what I can do with some of the offensive linemen that might be available. And that's what I think you did a good job of, securing guys, the Brandon Wilsons, Marcus Hunt, Mike Daniels, guys that could contribute and could end up being you know, pretty significant in 2021, but you haven't hurt yourself in the long-term vision of adding quality talent in free agency. And I don't know what you're going to do. We haven't talked about this yet, but I think the flexibility is still there. And heck, maybe you don't land a top guard and you want to go after Quentin Spain with a little more money. Maybe his asking price comes down. You still have the flexibility to do that. Maybe Brandon Allen uh, decides to accept less money to be the backup. Well, you can do that as well. So I, I do think that you have flexibility and that's key if you can somehow keep Lawson potentially keep Jackson and some other key pieces in the door obviously with the transition tag open for Jackson coming back and you've done that and you still have a chance in free agency to to go make some waves and make some noise so that's the key what what are you, you're not being very critical what what have I done wrong here James have, have I made mistakes I, I was expecting the the hot burning criticism of James Rapine no, not yet. I mean, because it's honestly, Jake, it's really hard to screw this part up. <laughs> and so you you haven't done that yet. And we'll see if the Bengals do. Like if if you didn't keep Carl Lawson, if you didn't keep uh, something, you know, put yourself in a position to potentially retain William Jackson, I might be a little more critical. But you've done that and you've given yourself flexibility. So the transition tag, obviously, John Sheen uh, mentioned it on, on yesterday's show. I liked it. I think that's a good idea. Uh, Lawson locking him up for four years like that. Couldn't get it done with Spain and some of those other guys, but I, I think overall you did a good job. And this is the crucial part now. What do you get done 
Can you convince this outside outside talent to come to Paul Brown Stadium and play with no indoor practice facility, which everyone in Cincinnati acts like it's a big deal, but I don't think any of the free agents give a damn. We'll see. Looking at what's gone on with some of the other teams here as we do transition into open free agency, Larry Fitzgerald remains eternal. He's back with the Arizona Cardinals for one year, but more notably and interestingly to the Bengals, Kenny Galladay, who might have been a wide receiver that I targeted, goes back to the Lions for four years on a $16.5 million deal. And Will Fuller goes back to the Texans for $14 million a year for three years. Corey Lindsley back with the Packers. So some guys that you might have considered going Ooh. back to their current teams. Brian Poole, another one, the slot corner, who has been very good for the New York Jets back in New York for $9.5 million per year. And I wasn't going to touch Brian Poole at that number anyway. I think that, you know, quality slot corner, you can find those for a little bit less. One of the more interesting deals on this list, James, that that I'm seeing is Xavier Rhodes, who had a little bit of a renaissance for the Indianapolis Colts, six and a half million a year for four years. That's a great deal for the Colts. It is. I agree with you. And the one uh, Corvette, Corvette boy, Juju Smith-Schuster, signs for $16.5 with the Steelers for four years per year. Sign me up for that. Bengals fans, if that happens, throw a damn party because he's uh, he isn't better than Tyler Boyd, and they're paying him a hell of a lot more to, to be their slot receiver. I think that there may need to be some updating done to, to get some things you know caught up to what happened in the last year here on FanSpeak. That, that Juju Smith-Schuster deal kind of emblematic of the problem there because I turned around and had a very productive day one of free agency. I threw four offers out there just to kind of see where they would land and see how much money I'd have to play with. And the way that this works is you, you make offers, you advance the day, you see who takes your offers and then you reset and you go for another day. And uh, well, James, all four of my offers were accepted. And, and this might be another issue with some of these things not being updated necessarily, but let, let's just go through the list from, from most money to least money. So Taylor Moten is now a Cincinnati Bengal. We got him on a four-year deal, $14 million per year. And his year one cap hit comes in at $9.8 million. So not even a huge cap hit for a $14 million a year deal. And this is all based on whatever math Fanspeak does. And then we got Curtis Samuel, four years, $8 million a year. That's a cap hit of $5.6 million this year. I think about like 35% of Taylor Moten's deal was guaranteed. So consider that to be signing bonus money. And I think I did 20% for Curtis Samuel guaranteed. Then we got a couple of other guys on the defensive side of the ball because I wasn't expecting everybody to sign. I thought I would be playing a little bit more on both sides of the ball here, but Romeo Okwara, who was a bit of a standout for Detroit, I think he made himself a lot of money. I got him on a three-year, $6 million per year deal. That's a $4.5 million cap hit this year. Provides a lot of quality depth on that defensive line. And I also went after Ronald Darby because I think he's a position-flexible corner a little bit. And that's a two-year, $5 million a year deal just so we're not worried about corner for for another one-year deal like we've had with Darquez Denard and, and Mackenzie Alexander the last two years. Well, that was easy for you. I mean, you 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 land Taylor Moten, which home run. I, I think if the Bengals can get 
Trent Williams or Taylor Moten, it's a home run. You do it. Sign us up right now. Moten, obviously, is probably the better fit. He's younger, probably going to be cheaper. Fingers crossed that he actually hits free agency. And he is a right tackle. So you have Jonah Williams on one side. You have Taylor Moten on the other. No-brainer there. I, I like that you're able to get a a speedy, deep threat, unique type of skill player in Curtis Samuel. I think he's a guy that can thrive in a lot of places, but specifically thrive in an offense with Joe Burrow, who's good at spreading it out and uh, is really going to put pressure on Zach Taylor, the the play designer and play caller, right, to, to show, hey, we have all these weapons now. Let's let's cook and, and, and really show if he, he, he can be that type of coach. Um, and then I'm not going to be mad at you for going after an edge like that, Nakora, who seems to be on the rise. Uh, you know, maybe he can be the Shaq Barrett 2.0, right, since the Bengals missed out on him a couple of years ago. And, and then the Ronald Darby deal, that that, that makes sense. Um, I, I see the logic on all these guys, and I kick the can down the road. I'm going to have to see the draft now because now it's interesting. I'm thinking, oh, well, if Sewell's there, does he go Sewell? Does he go Jamar Chase? That one will be interesting. Um, it, will you retain William Jackson with the transition tag? It doesn't look like he signed somewhere yet. Uh, if not, then that allows you some money to go after a guard. Uh, you know, if he does sign elsewhere and you do decide uh, to part ways with him, if not, though, then a, a trio of Jackson, Waynes, and Darby with Bell and Bates, you just added an edge. You're hoping DJ Reader gets back. You obviously re-signed Carl Lawson. Sam Hubbard could potentially be playing for a contract. I like where the Bengals are at defensively. So, so far, so good, GM Jake. Man, this is easy. I, I should – is being an NFL GM this easy? <laughs> no, it is not this easy, but you're making it look easy. I am shocked that all four guys just accepted right away. And for those that are like, oh, well, it's a simulator. This hasn't been the case. I mean, you were offering Spain and some of these other guys. Brandon Allen turned you down. And I get it. It's different money for for these guys, you know, for Moten and Samuel. But I was expecting you to get maybe two of those guys down, maybe a defensive guy, and then maybe Moten accepts the deal or Samuel accepts the deal and Moten turns you down. But rocking these four guys out of the park here, that's, uh, it's a pretty good start for sure. Let me get a quick day to a free agency and we'll call this wave to a free agency. I'm going to try to get some guys to fill in the back of the roster and then we'll go to the draft. So day two of free agency, I offered Pat Elfline some money, reunite him with Frank Pollock. Didn't happen. And then I went back and went back to Quentin Spain. I said, hey, man, you want to come play for us for one more year? I got four million dollars with your name on it. And he said no. So I guess we're not addressing offensive guard in the free agency period and I'll just have to deal with it in the draft or uh, figure it out with the guys on the roster I guess but that is a little bit uncomfortable I would say uh, given that I'm floating eight and a half million dollars here I can't find a way to to use the money in a way that I think is good value so we're just going to go into the draft at this point and I guess if this was real life I would be a little bit more persistent a little bit more aggressive but I've done three days of free agency at this point. I couldn't get the deals that I wanted. And so on we go. Maybe that's just our, our framework. We do three days and, and then on we go to the draft. You do three days. I'm doing three weeks because we're getting it done here when I'm GM of the Cincinnati Bengals. And we're not going to sleep. We're not going to eat unless it's a built bar. We're going to get it done. But Jake, I, I agree with you. We can skip the rest for three days. We're going to have an equal playing field, James. You get three days. 
This is a simulator. Like I said in my disclaimer, maybe like I said, in a few in a few weeks when we do it together and we really push the envelope on things and we move on from everybody that we want to move on with and we, we get real aggressive, then we can do a couple extra days. But for the purposes of the show, for the purposes of this exercise, we need an equal playing field here. Coming up next, we get into a few rounds of a mock draft with this free agency in the rearview mirror. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. And maybe you're sick of us talking about the basic sort of things that you can bet on with the Super Bowl coming up. Betonline.ag has some cross-sport odds going on right now. So maybe you think Tom Brady will have more passing yards than the total of NBA first quarter points scored on February 7th. Maybe that's something that appeals to you as a better and you would like to make a wager one way or the other. Tom Brady passing yards is favored, by the way, so you go do your research on how many points are scored and however many NBA games there are on February 7th per quarter, and you make your educated bet there on betonline.ag, the only place on the internet that we trust, the only place that has you covered for all of your online sports betting needs. BetOnline.ag will currently give you a 50% welcome bonus when you sign up when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. There's nothing more stressful than having unreliable transportation. We've all been there. We've all been stuck at the side of the road for one reason or the other. You want to keep yourself on the road. You want to keep your car maintained, and you can do that with rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business. They've served auto parts customers online for more than two decades. I use them. You should use them too. You save money. You save time. You don't have to mask up and go to the big box store to get those car parts that are hard to find. And all the employee is going to do is type in all of your information on the computer anyway. You can do all of that on your own from the comfort of your own home and have those parts sent to you at rockauto.com. And the best part is you're going to save money because their prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals as they are for you and me, the do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you don't have to? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. We got some bonus mock draft midweek action for the listeners of the podcast here. James is our full offseason simulation does conclude with a bit of a mock draft after we know in this case what the Bengals have done in this edition of free agency. And the first four picks before I come up and make my own selection, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Penny Sewell, and Quiddy Paye goes to the Atlanta Falcons. So the Falcons say no to a quarterback, and they go get, I think, consensus, the best edge rusher in the draft in Paye from Michigan, but not necessarily a guy that you expect to go in the top five, and that leaves me with, well, two real choices, I think. And I tried to trade back. I tried to trade back with Carolina. I tried to trade back with Denver. I decided I didn't want to go all the way back to 12, and I just... After seeing that earlier in the offseason, Detroit restructured Jared Goff's contract, I didn't think that trading back with Detroit was really going to be an option. So given that my efforts to trade back failed and all I asked for in return was the team's second round picks, I'm just going to sit here and take the blue chip player on the board in Jamar Chase. No brainer. No brainer at all. I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you stood pat and took 
a guy that I think is a top three prospect in this class, maybe even second, depending on who you're asking behind Trevor Lawrence. Jamar Chase is that dude. Dominated the SEC uh, with uh, at the age of 19 years old. Obviously did it with Joe Burrow. You shored up the tackle spot. Sewell was gone. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why the Bengals have to sign a tackle. You hope they sign a premier tackle in free agency. You cannot bank on the draft. You can't bank on, oh, we're going to go with Rashawn Slater. Or we're going to trade down and get one of these other guys like Christian Darisol. It is just too damn risky to do that. You have your franchise quarterback. Go pay someone to, to shore up that other tackle spot. And you did that. So now you don't feel guilty about picking a guy like Jamar Chase, even after you signed Curtis Samuel, right? I mean, think about this offense now. Think about the the way they, I mean, they can go four wide all day long, all damn day, good luck, and try to guard him. And by the way, Joe Mixon is coming out of the backfield as well. So I uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I was going to rip you to shreds, but so far you're doing a good job, GM Jake. Hey, man, don't forget about Samaje Pirine. He's going to get some touches this year, man. He was really good. Really good down the stretch. Samaje Piran going to get some of those yards out of the backfield too. Some interesting things in this first round, James. Trey Lance goes all the way down to 20. And the Chicago Bears, who get to stay put at 20 and, and draft a quarterback anyway. So I guess this board, this version of the NFL, not sold on the small school kid, Trey Lance. And the other one that I thought was interesting, Zach Wilson makes it all the way to 12. So the quarterbacks do not go early. This is something that I think you believe could happen. We could see some quarterback sliding, maybe not to that extent, but certainly out of the top five. So maybe that's why my efforts to trade back were met with a bunch of rejected trades. Yeah, maybe that's it. The the teams that were waiting on quarterback get lucky. Uh, I just I think that this idea that three quarterbacks or four quarterbacks in the top five are going to go off the board is just a bit far fetched. We'll see if it happens, but I'm not buying it as of now. And that's fair. Well, we'll see how things shake out. I think there's some quarterback needy teams out there, but there are also, there are also some quarterbacks still available, and we'll see how many of them go to other teams. The first five picks of the second round go J.C. Horn, the cornerback out of South Carolina, Tyson Campbell, cornerback from Georgia, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris, and Jalen Mayfield. So, a run on running backs here a little bit at the top of the second round, which I find interesting. Not really in the market for a running back unless the value is literally too much to pass up. And Jalen Mayfield, who is a very good-looking tackle prospect from Michigan, is gone as well. But looking at the top of the players available on the board that we're looking at here, and we're using one of the fan-speak boards, the Steve Shoop fan-speak big board, I've got Wyatt Davis staring me in the face. Mm-hmm. addressing that right guard position, uh, plug and play Wyatt Davis, perhaps. And he might have some early struggles, but I think he'll figure it out pretty quick with the tools and his history on tape. I've got Sam Cosme here and, and that gives me some positional flexibility. I think he can play guard in the NFL. And I think that gives me the option to move Jonah Williams inside and play Cosme on the outside. But I don't know that I really want to displace Jonah from left tackle at this point. So Cosme would be more of probably tackle depth and kind of swing lineman. Maybe he does start his career at guard and is also the backup left tackle. I I think that that is a pick that could could improve the team and give you a little bit of versatility. I'm also looking at Jalen Phillips from Miami, an edge player. Can't have too many edge players 
And I don't know where Ali McNeil is on this board. Maybe he's been drafted, but that's another player that I would consider if he were available at this point. That being said, James, I am leaning hard toward the guard here. And I would also be very interested in trading back, but given the difficulty I had earlier in trading back, I I don't see myself finding trade partners. Certainly something you could explore and you could look at a guy like Trey Smith if you want to guard a little bit later. He's a little bit lower on this board. I expect him to be be available a little bit later in the round. I'm going Wyatt Davis here and a lot of me really wants to pick Sam Cosby and and rely on him being position versatile, but I know Wyatt Davis has a skill set that should play well at guard. And so for me, this is a pretty easy pick and I'm, I'm double dipping on offense here after getting a couple of guys on the defensive side of the ball in free agency. And, and, and maybe in the third round, I would come back and go defense after this start. It's fair. It's fair. And in, in the moment you didn't secure one of the top guards in free agency, and I get why you prioritize tackle. I just praised you for it. That's when guard becomes arguably your biggest need. So Wyatt Davis is there if you feel good about him, if you feel like he can be a plug-and-play type guy alongside Frank Pollock. No-brainer. That being said, I love the idea of a Sam Cosme getting him, starting him at guard, and then he can be your backup tackle behind Moten or behind a guy like Jonah Williams who's played in 10 games in two seasons, right? And so that, if you would have done that, I would have been fine with it. The other one that I thought was interesting that I th- I think deserves consideration, and I might butcher his last name, but Levi Onzariki, the the kid from Washington, the defensive lineman, the defensive tackle, I think he's a guy the Bengals are certainly going to be on in the second round potentially. So those were kind of my three as I kept quiet here and watched what you were doing. Cosme potentially the home run, but Wyatt Davis, the the safer guy. And obviously that's the the biggest need. So I can't knock it. And Levi Onzuriki does go number 50 to the Miami Dolphins. They really like defensive tackles, I think, down in Miami, given their, <laughs> their recent draft history, including this mock draft. So we come away with offseason acquisitions of Curtis Samuel, Taylor Moten, Romeo Okwara, Ronald Darby, probably some lower level guys to fill out the back of the roster that we're not going to get into in this format. And then we retain William Jackson. We retain Carl Lawson, bring back some defensive line depth and Mike Daniels and Marcus Hunt. I think this is still a position where the the team would need some help, even with Josh Tupo and DJ Reader probably coming back, bring some Ajay P. Ryan back, bring Brandon Wilson back, then draft Jamar Chase and Wyatt Davis. And to me, the offense has turned around in a big way here. The offensive line should be significantly better with these additions. The weapons at this point rival the best in the NFL with the additions of Curtis Samuel and Jamar Chase to a already great slot receiver in Tyler Boyd and a fantastic rookie year to build on for a very young player in T. Higgins. I, I generally am pretty happy with this. I would have liked to have done a little bit more in terms of interior offensive line depth, especially with Trey Hopkins question mark and and his ACL recovery and and generally just trying to get a little bit more quality at guard. I would have liked to have done a little bit more on the interior defensive line as well, but maybe if the mock draft goes a couple more rounds, that's where I start to look at some of those things. And I did get Wyatt Davis. So I feel reasonably good about what I've done here. Give me a grade though, before we wrap up the show. 
Well, that's part of it. And the other part is, is we did only go three days in the simulator. So maybe you do end up adding another guard or another defensive tackle. And, th- th- you know, that's part of it, too. Uh, given how the market's going to be this year, I still think there'll be some quality veterans available, um, you know, in that second wave of free agency. Overall, though, look, I've said get the offense. So what you did is you've given Joe Burrow two big time stars, one who can do a little bit of everything. One in Jamar Chase, who at LSU can do it, did a little bit of everything and was clearly a number one wide receiver. But you also improved the offensive line. And while this Bengals offensive line, left or right, you would assume, uh, you know, who's it going to be? In a perfect world, it would be Jonah Williams. Michael Jordan takes a step forward potentially and plays uh, left guard. If not, it's Xavier Suofilo. Center, long term, it's Trey Hopkins, right? Wyatt Davis at right guard. And then Taylor Moten at right tackle. That's solid. Is it the best line in the league? No, but it's certainly much improved. And when you have a quarterback like Joe Burrow who can go off script and make plays and hide, you know, make I think he can make an average line good, right? In a good line, great. In a great line, elite. And and so uh, I think you're fine there offensive line wise. There's still some holes. Backup quarterback. Are you rolling with Ryan Finley? Um, are you? Uh, do you still need help, like you said, at, at defensive tackle? Yeah, potentially. Uh, kicker, is it Austin Seibert? But part of that, again, is we didn't go through uh, the rest of the draft process. So, so far uh, during this offseason, if the Bengals do this stuff, and after two rounds of the draft, they have Chase, Davis, all the free agents you've signed, I got to say, Jake, GM Jake, you got an A-. minus. You got an A-. I won't argue it at all. I'll be telling people that they need uh you know chase jerseys because he's going to be a baller the same way aj green was and tyler boyd's been and all these guys that have come through here and and played at a high level so i uh i'm a fan i like what you've done so far yeah backup quarterback is something that i just didn't have time for in in free agency i would have gone and gotten somebody if we had taken a couple of extra days there and kicker there's only one free agent kicker in the simulator so I, i didn't really have choices there uh, so hopefully you're not dinging me for the kicker. I definitely would have gone after a kicker just so everybody knows why I didn't. The only kicker I could have signed in free agency was Dan Bailey. So some, some holes to fill in, in the simulator, I think, but still a fun, a fun little project to go through and, and, and try to be, you know, at least a little bit realistic. I think some of the free agents, we got a little bit cheaper than maybe they would be in real life, but also worth remembering the the average per year that these guys are signing for does not necessarily represent their cap hit. So I end up with eight and a half million dollars in cap space. I can absolutely include a kicker, can absolutely include a backup quarterback and and hopefully uh, some defensive line depth somewhere if I don't address that in the draft. I, I will point out one thing, James. Creed Humphrey made it to the third round in this mock draft. And if that was and a player that was available and I was picking in the third round, I would have gone back to offense in the third round mm-hmm. and added Creed Humphrey, just because I think he can play anywhere on the interior offensive line. And it's definitely a place they need depth right now, but that's going to do it for this episode of the locked on Bengals podcast. We're back tomorrow as usual. And then on Thursday, we'll take your questions for the weekend mailbag at the locked on Bengals Twitter handle. Make sure you go and follow it until next time. Bengals fans who day and have a good one.